This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Those who are enrolled in some of my online jazz courses know that I like to ask, you know, what is your ultimate goal? Like, what are you really trying to accomplish? And a lot of people say, I want to be able to play at my local jam session or even just start playing with other people in general. Like, that is a big goal for a lot of people. And I also get a lot of questions from Learn Jazz Standards community members asking me, you know, how do I know when I'm prepared to go to a jam session? Like, how do I get in the door? Uh, maybe you feel a little unconfident with your skill level or where you need to be in your jazz playing before you can go out and start playing live or just start getting together with a buddy and playing with others. Well, in today's episode, I have special guests Diego Maldonado and Wallace Stelzer, some incredible professional jazz musicians who were on the show just recently back in December have got them coming back on to help us answer this question, to talk all about playing out live, some skills you need to have in place, and how you can get started right away. Let's jump to it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Uh, thanks so much for being here. As always, really appreciate it. And uh, I won't let you down. We have a great treat for you today. Two special guests, drummer Diego Maldonado and bassist Wallace Stelzer. They were recently on the podcast uh, back in December, uh, Gave great, uh, had a great talk just to jazz hang with them then. And I want to have them back on the show more often because they're not only great musicians, they're also great friends of mine. Mind, and they have a lot to offer to you guys, so I want you to get to know them a little better. And like I said in the intro, we're going to be talking about jam sessions today, and even more broader than that, just playing with other musicians. Because when it comes down to it, the spirit of jazz is really playing with other people. It's a social music. And not only that, though, it's also a really important part of our jazz education, because we can spend time in the practice room uh, honing our chops, working on stuff. But if we if we don't actually go out and play, we're missing out on so much great, amazing stuff we can actually learn. And on top of that, you know, a big theme here, as you've probably been hearing me say uh, over the last several episodes on the podcast, is 2020 is the year of community here on Learn Jazz Standards. And when it comes down to community, we're talking about learning from each other, learning from other people, using other people to grow our jazz playing and to become better. And that's really what jazz is all about. And that's really what we're talking about here today. So without further ado, let's jump right into the show. We're going to talk about everything from what are the basics to get started with? Like what, what's the very minimum that you need to get started playing live with other people? You know, what are some of the challenges? How do you know when you're actually ready? By the way, make sure you check out Diego Maldonado at DiegoTheDrummer.com. You can also find him on Instagram at DiegoTheDrummer. Check out Wallace Stelzer at WallaceStelzer.com. And you can check him out on Instagram at TheFirstJazzVenger. All right, let's jump to it. 
well, welcoming on the show is my good friends Diego Maldonado and Wallace Stelzer. Thanks for coming back to the studio, my friends. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Had you guys on recently for a little uh, jazz get-together, episode 197. That was fun, right? Very fun. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was that was a good time. We had cookies. We uh, talked shenanigans. We talked jazz, and now we're uh, we're here to get to get back right at it again. So, would love to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, playing live. Right now, a lot of people listening, a lot of the listeners listening, are you know they're coming from perspective of either they have not gone and played at a jam session or played at a gig yet or they have but they're kind of you know wanting to get better at doing that so a lot of people here in my courses they have goals like i uh, want to be able to play at my local jam session but how do i actually do that like what are the steps i need to take to be able to do that and then when i finally do get up on the stage you know what what, what am I going to do? Like, how, how do I have a great successful performance, right? So I'd love to pick your guys' brains today uh, about this. Um, would love to just start with, uh, with you know, talking about the beginner, the absolute beginner, the person who really uh, doesn't know what it's going to take in order to be able to, to play in a jam session, right? Maybe they don't know tunes. Maybe they, what, what are some basic things that everybody needs to be able to do to start going and playing live? Uh, I've got an idea. Um because I, I teach beginner a lot of beginner guitar and bass students, and kind of of all ages actually. And one of the things that I've noticed, particularly from uh, like adult students, is that they get very well, and and kids too, but they get very nervous about you know discrepancies in playing ability. You know, they think, well, I'm not good enough to play with people at a jam session, or you know, I don't know. They they're very uh, intimidated by just the, the variety of playing levels that exist in the world. <laughs> right. And their, their local scene, whatever that might be. And at this point, I sort of feel like there is not a whole lot stopping you from playing with people of different levels because let's just say you're sort of a, an intermediate player. If you want to play with a beginner player, chances are you're actually going to be working on some skills that you might not realize that you would need to work on. Like, for example, if, if, if you're feeling like pretty confident, like I'm going to play the forms correctly every time, well, play with the beginner and listen to them and they, they might get lost. And then that's going to help you realize, oh, they got lost. I need to adjust to them because they're not recognizing that they got lost. And that's a skill that you need to work on, right? Mm-hmm. Same token, that beginner person playing with somebody who's a little bit better than them, they're going to be nudged in the right direction. Right. Right. So the, uh, the, the idea that you need to find people that are the same level as you in order to start playing in a group situation, I think is uh, basically just a fear that's going to hold you back. Uh, and and I, that's something that I've, that I've noticed a lot of adult students uh have voiced to me. They're like, well, I want to play with other people. I want to play in a band, but I just, I feel like I, I'm the weak link and I don't want to bring everybody down or, you know, something to that effect. And it's like, well, actually, you know, you should just try and play with people. The thing that you need to keep in mind is that you need to make sure everybody is having a mindset that it's okay to be of different levels. Right. Because yeah. what, when the problems, <clears throat> in my opinion, start to arise is when you're playing with a group of people of different levels of ability, 
or different perceived levels of ability even, where their sort of mentality is that there's a hierarchy and that that matters and, you know, well, I know more than you and you need to listen to me and I, you know, I don't have much to learn from, you know, when you start to have these sort of mindsets that is very competitive, uh, that really limits your ability to grow and learn in a group setting. Yeah, I, so. I, I, I agree with you. And, uh, but I have something to add to that. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, um, that, that's, that's, it depends on the environment in which you are doing that kind of things, though. Cause if you, that kind of things are, you can do the, those things in your private studio of just set, just set a, a jam session at your place and you invite like, True. like more like experienced players. And, and everybody goes with the attitude that we're going to learn and we're going to share. Yeah. That's, that's, that can be really helpful. But if you go out to a jazz club to on a jam session and you are at that beginner level, I mean, chances are that you either going to learn a lot or you're going to be very frustrated because people can be really mean too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, right. you know, and uh, the scene can, can can be very competitive and then it, it depends on on the CD and on the on the scene too. So, uh I think at beginner level, uh I will recommend mostly like get together with friends and maybe call one guy that uh, you know that is uh, is maybe more experienced than you and that can like uh coach you guys through and stuff like that but uh, when you go to like actual a stage uh like a, a public stage at like a jazz venue or music venue i think there are certain things that uh, you have to have covered before right. you can actually go out and play in public so, uh, at, at least that's my yeah my opinion so kind of certainly when there's money involved you uh, know of course, of course. somebody's getting no, but i'm talking i'm talking like even jam, jam sessions session. right but even most jam sessions, the house band is getting paid, you know. So I, I still sort of, in, in a way, consider that like a, a, a like a, almost a, a privatized event, right? Versus, let's say, like a, a uh, like a block party where you invited a bunch of musicians and it's truly just a free for all get together sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Kind of what kind of what I'm hearing is it, on your side of things, Wallace is you know people shouldn't be scared to play with you know get, get involved with musicians that are better than them i think sometimes a lot of times actually for, for yeah. people in my audience there, there's this fear of you know well i don't know how good i need to be in order to actually get up there and play and on one hand you know i think a lot of it is just fear right it's a very vulnerable thing to get mm -hmm. up and play with other people and especially mm -hmm. if someone's better than you you know there's there's kind of a, a little bit of a social aspect to that but maybe the attitude more so needs to be um be, being open to learning and being open to to exposing yourself to people that are better than you and you know there's and a lot yeah. of people a lot of players that are better will uh are are more than happy to help you too mm -hmm. on the other hand it's you know from diego's per perspective and i think this is kind of where i want to backtrack a little bit and kind of dig in really deep because he's saying something really important is you know there are some things that you do have to get together right before you go out to your public jam like there's some basic um some basic skills that yeah. you need to have down there's some basic things um, I'd love to hear from your guys's perspectives. Like, what are some of those basic fundamentals that you have to have together for yourself uh, before considering jumping into a jam session? Like, what are what are some some of the basics? I, mean, I, I, I guess first, uh, I mean, you, you you have to be able to actually play your instrument. 
right? Like, you, right. You, you have, I mean, but what, in, what is case, in case of the, uh, uh, being a, a drummer, you have to make sure that you can play, uh, Good time, right? That you you know uh, different styles of of music, uh, at least the ones that you know are more like common in, in the in the jazz kind of thing. Like you know, you play you can play your bossa nova, you can play your medium tempo swing, and maybe you can play uh, up tempos. You can play a ballad with your with brushes. You know, like the basic stuff. You know that uh the um, you know how like improvisation works. You know like at least for the drummer, you know, what, uh, trading fours are, you know, what trading eights are, what, uh, soloing over the four means. And of course, you have to have a repertoire. You have to know a certain amount of, uh, of, uh, jazz standards, right? Or, or music from the American songbook and make sure that you really know that well. So at least you have to have that cover in before you can actually go and play. Cause if you're a, of, uh, a very very beginning beginner i mean i would not recommend you to go out and play yet right so you have to have at least that kind of like minimum like you know the skills cover before you can actually go out and play right yeah actually i, I was I, what you just said and also what what brent was saying earlier kind of made me i th- think maybe like a an important caveat to what I was saying earlier and, and kind of work it into what Diego was just saying is that not every um, ex- experience or like, um, you know, opportunity to play, let's say, is is intended to be a learning experience mm-hmm. in terms of actually hands-on playing your instrument learning, right? Because I absolutely agree there are situations where it's actually, uh, it's just not appropriate as somebody who's not a, a, a you know, professional level maybe, or maybe even we can back it down and say, you know, just a, a, a fairly competent kind of amateur player where there is where there is a situations where it's not appropriate to try and play. Right. Exactly. Like you wouldn't want to go into a gig, uh, somebody else's gig and, and, and try, know, try, and, try and sit in and play if, if you don't know what you're really doing. Even mm-hmm. in, even professionals do this where it's like you could be a really, really, really talented, uh, you know, Musician. blues guitar player and they're not going to want to go and, and try and sit in on, a, on a, a cuban band you know what i mean like so obviously that's kind of kind of obvious but it's like <laughs> but like for, for the beginners and the intermediate guys that are like thinking should i go to a jam session or not and it's like you might have to think outside the box you don't necessarily have to go and play you can still go to a jam session and just take notes. Listen, yeah. like what kind of yeah. tunes are they That's playing? that. Yeah, that everybody should be doing that. Like, you know? Well, and that that was kind of a a big big tip that I want to give because some of the things that Diego you were saying is it, you know you have to have things on your instrument down. You also have to have repertoire. So one thing that you can simply do is like you're trying to get those things together because you know you don't. You don't want to walk into something and you don't know any tunes or you don't know anything exactly. at all, right? You want to you want to understand. Well, what are there other people playing at my local jam? Like, what are they- I, I'm sorry, but uh, but uh, it's just like if you go and you're not really prepared for that, then the experience is not going to be a learning experience. It's going to be frustrating and right. yeah, it can be yeah. it could be worse. So there's certain things that I, I mean, not all, like every musician has like they have to have down before they can actually go and play with 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 other people however you can always get together at your place or your practice room or whatever with friends there's not going to be an audience and and you go with like knowing that uh, okay we are going to take this 
as a as a as a learning thing and and maybe i'm gonna work with this more experienced guy he's gonna like come for me and i'm gonna keep trying to work uh, on my ideas and my thing that yeah you have to do that all the time but like knowing that uh it's gonna be that like a learning experience but like to go out to a jam session we need to have certain things covered before you can actually go out and play well it's like if if you know I'm, i i want to run a 5k but i never run right exactly, exactly. or maybe right. i just i just go on like a you know really short jogs or I just go walking around my block, you know, that's not going to be enough. So what do I have to do? Okay. I want to run the 5k. You can certainly do it. You can absolutely do it. And you know, that's not, that's not difficult to do the same way. It's not difficult to get up there and get proficient enough and mm-hmm. to go out and play at a jam session, which I believe is really important for yeah. our jazz education. We need to get out there and play with other people. And that's what jazz is about. Anyways, it's about a shared experience with other people. Yeah, it's communication. Um, so, so, so that that needs to happen for a jazz education. But you know, the same with the five k. You know, what I'll start doing? Well, I'll start looking up and seeing. Well, you know, how much do I have to run every single day? Um, you know, what are some some running plans that I can train towards this five k race I want to go on? Yeah. Same thing we have to do uh, with 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 jazz. And remember, like jazz and music and jazz, and always go. I always go back to language because you know I love to like relate music with language because that I, I think is the same and uh you know it's the same like if you're gonna go and have a conversation with someone and you don't speak that language you're not gonna be able to have a conversation it's gonna be frustrating the communication is gonna be like absolutely absolutely nothing you're not, not gonna be able to get any idea across because you don't know the language so you have to have basics you have to know the basic grammar the basic rules of that language in order to communicate so uh, music is the same and jazz is the same. So there's certain things that have to be covered before you can actually go out and play. Right. Yeah. So, so for example, you, you could go to the, you could go sit at a jam session. You could just go, go watch a jam session. What are some things that you could start doing? Well, you could start writing down the names of all the songs that are being called, right? Absolutely. And so you start with one of them. Okay. Well, what, what's, what's that one? What are the s- things I'm struggling with right now? Because Diego said earlier, one of the things is instrument specific things. I got, uh, uh, I saw someone post on the Learn Jazz Standards Facebook group today. Um, they're wondering if they can go play at a jam session. Um, but they're have, they're a piano player. They're having issues comping with the left hand and playing single lines with the right hand. Well, that to me sounds like an issue with, being able to get some basic tenets of your instrument down before going out, right? Because you exactly. you may you may even know uh, a jazz standard, like all the things you are. Maybe that's one of the songs being called at the jam session. But if you're struggling with that, just you're it, yeah. you're probably not going to be able to get through the song. So that's kind of where you have to do a little bit of uh, an honest analysis of yourself, you know. So you you figured out that one of the tunes is all the things you are, but one of the problems you're discovering is that you're not able to get your left hand and your right hand working together. Okay, that has nothing to do with the repertoire, right? That has very much so to do with some basic things that you need to get down. So what would I start doing? Well, I'd start working with a metronome. I'd start working on just my left hand. Then I'd start working on just my right hand, and then I would put them together. And I'd probably, you know, get a a p- my piano teacher to help me a little bit with that, right? To f- help me figure out what are some things I can do. Those are things that you you probably have to have some basics together to get out there to actually play a song with other people, right? Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you you, you got uh, as I said before, like you have to be able to play your instrument first. You know, that's the only way you're gonna be able to play with with other people. What well, What are some other things that like maybe are 
barriers from from getting out there? What are some things that might and, and maybe you could even say something for your specific instrument, like for bass players, Wallace, what's something that you know you would probably want to have some uh, concept together before you go out and are able to play with other people? Uh, for jazz, for jazz bass, um, I think it's pretty key to be able to understand how to, at least on a very harmonically basic level, um, look at a chord chart and feel comfortable improvising your way through it. And that means, to me, uh, being able to walk, uh, you know, playing every beat of the measure um, and doing more than just roots and fifths, basically. Uh, if you're limited to four, four beats per measure um, for like the whole song and you're just doing roots and fifths, um, y- you might be able to do that at, at a jam session from time to time. But uh, I would say if, as long as you're comfortable adding in little bit of motion to your bass lines uh, really you're probably okay to go out and play in public um, with the understanding that uh, understanding that uh, bass is largely uh, a support instrument in its basic necessity right uh, it's great when you can start soloing it's great when you can start uh, being more adventurous with your bass lines or you can really start accompanying with uh, more intention like those are all things that make the music uh, better. They elevate everything. But uh, you know, if we're talking just sort of basic level, I think if you have a, enough understanding of harmony uh, to to be able to walk through with some you know really standard uh, bass lines, there's a few that I can even think of just off the top of my head that every bass player in a jazz or blues context has probably played before. You know, because there's so much, uh, like, uh, harmonic motion that goes up in fourths mm-hmm. and in fifths, right? right? And, and in jazz, that happens all the time. Uh, so a lot of these bass players, they probably have, at the very least, heard these bass lines before. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can kind of get these facili- the facility down, uh, to be able to look at a chart and play it in real time, mm-hmm. bass players probably <coughs> reach their, their sort of, uh, uh, entry barrier, right? Mm-hmm. They can at least start from there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I would say I would say I'm thinking about guitar players, and I think you could probably lump in piano players as well. I mean, you, you should be able to play some very basic chords, just basic. You, you know, know some basic voicings together. You have to know the most fancy voicings. You don't have to know um, the most complex voicings, or have the best voice leading skills, or be able to play uh, incredible block chords and all these these things. But to have some basic chord voicings down, that you're able to to do some basic comping through, meaning that you have a little bit of a rhythmic sense, even if it's just like a uh, 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 right. You can start with basic things like that, and then work more to, to get a little bit of understanding of rhythm and comping, so that eventually you can get creative. But I would say that's that's something that'd be important. I also say for comping instruments that it's important to make sure you do know the melodies of the tunes, right? Um, you know, maybe a bass player and certainly a drummer can get away with not knowing the melody. Of course, knowing the melody for both those instruments incredibly yeah, important. Really helps. But, but, but I agree. It's, but it's, you can get you can get we, by. We, we can yeah. get by. Yeah. You yeah. can get by. 
Now, even if you if there's a horn player, right? There's a horn player that's there's horn players can be playing all these all these things, and you expect them to take the melody. You should still know the melody because it could be you that needs to take the melody anyways. And these instruments are expected to be able to play the the melodies as well. So have some basic comping. Know the tunes again. Go to the jam sessions. Hear what those tunes are. Start writing them down. Start learning those one by one so that you feel confident that maybe you won't know all the tunes when you go up, but you'll know some of the ones that you hear are being called often, right? Yeah. And that's going to make you feel more comfortable, more confident going because you you already know what for so, some of what's going to happen, right? So have those basics down there. If you're a horn player, right? Obviously you're going to be wanting to to know the melodies and you're going to be you know all the instruments are going to be expected to solo, but especially if you are a horn player, you want to you want to feel at least some somewhat confident that you can improvise over the chord changes. Now, here's a question I want to ask you guys because I think this is. Oh, you want to I, get in before yeah, I actually, go there? Okay. I want to get in before you go there. I was actually going to say because uh, so far we've been talking about this uh, in the context that you're able to go to a jam session in your local scene, and we're probably even taking for granted that uh, jam sessions are happening. Right, that there's a lot of opportunity. Right, you might be living in a in a, in a place where. Maybe there's only one jazz jam session a month in the whole city. Or maybe there's none, right? Yeah. Like, you could be living in a place like that. Yeah, and you're like, well, hey, I still want to be prepared and, and be working on the things that are going to be help me, help me because I want to move somewhere new. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm planning to move or I'm planning to go to school or, you know, whatever the case may be. And you're, you want to be preparing yourself on your own. Uh, and you're like, well, I'd love to go to a jam session and learn what people are calling, but I can't do that. So right. here's what you can do. Um, take take your favorite, you know, 50 records or something like that. You know, just like a, a good sample size mm-hmm. and, and, and look at the tunes that are on all these records and figure out which ones are coming up more, oh, more you know, more often, right? Because it's not going to super help you if, if you go to... Uh, um, a recording of a, of a modern jazz guy and they've got all their originals on one. You're like, wow, this is my favorite CD. Yeah, but that might, might not it's be not that helpful. That. You know, so you're going to want to check out all, all of your CDs and go and figure out which ones are coming up a lot. Like, oh, hey, okay, I see that Stella by Starlight's recorded on a bunch of different recordings. And, oh, here, you, you might have to dig a little bit deeper and go like, okay, this is a blues or this is a rhythm changes. And so even though they're not exactly the same melodies, they're the same structures and, and whatnot. But, you know, you're going to notice certain things like, okay, there will never be another you. That, that's on a, you know, hundreds of records, right? I mean, so you can, and I'm, sh- I'm sure at some point there's, there maybe there's a resource online to help you with this oh, there's, too. There's I'm plenty. sure there's plenty, but... Uh, but that can be a really good way to start. This one that I know is called Leonard Gas Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So actually, before I go where I was going to go, I want to kind of like play off of what you were just saying there, cause, you know, because you make a good point, And I know a lot of people in my audience uh, don't always have access to uh, other uh, to jam sessions or even other players around. So, you know, what's what's one of the first things you can do if you want to start feeling confident that you can play with other people? Well, it's simple. You play along with the record, right? Yeah. You play the totally. mel- play along the me- the melody with the record. You comp along with the record. You even solo along with the record. I mean, it can be a little difficult, right? I mean, it, you can also get out a backing track too. I'm not totally against that at all, um, by any stretch. But play with the records. You start playing with the records. With, I mean, these are the best musicians that ever lived. Yeah. Now, maybe you're they're not interacting with you, but that's a great way to start getting comfortable. That that's how like 
90% of all the musicians that I admired learn how to play just like playing with records like before yeah uh, oh yeah internet, I mean music school is a new music thing schools before <laughs> all that like they will go to libraries or just like if they were like lucky enough to have a record player they will get records and just listen to them for hours and hours and hours and just play along with with all the records and uh that's how they learn and they they got the the language down so that that's that's the first thing that you have to do that's what that's and and the record is the one that is going to help you to get the basic down and cover so you can then move and do the next step which is actually play with people right yeah, and let me tell you if you don't read music or if you don't go to music school that's no excuse You know, that just, uh, it really is no excuse. We, Diego and I played a gig last night with a guy who never went to music school and he's a really outstanding guitar player. Mm -hmm. Jimi Hendrix couldn't read a lick of music. Mm -hmm. The Beatles mm -hmm. didn't read music while they were creating records. Mm -hmm. So there is just so much evidence to support that if you don't uh, understand music theory on like a academic, uh, like on paper yeah. sort yeah. of level, you don't read Uh, music on on the staff and uh it, you know you don't go to a, a accredited school uh that's not stopping anybody from making good music now i'm not trying to say that's an excuse to not try and learn music theory right. and and basically everybody who is is a as a really talented uh professional level musician understands music theory on some practical level yeah right Uh, they just might not necessarily have yeah, the nice vocabulary way. to kind of explain it the same way that somebody who's really studied it, uh, who reads music, right? But, uh, yeah, so I, that, that's my two cents. So we don't <laughs> need it. So, so, you know, and people listen to this podcast for years know that I always say, you know, learning this music by ear. Yeah, I, I think is the best way to, to learn it. You know, I mean, nothing wrong with the sheet music, nothing wrong with all that stuff, but, you know, that's, that's good news is that, Um, you know, you don't, you, you can be playing along with the records. You don't have to know how to read all the stuff. You don't have to know all the music theory to get up and start playing with other people at all. You can, you can just start listening. So we can start playing with the records. Another one I kind of wanted to mention is, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're feeling uncomfortable going to the public jam or, or maybe there is no public jam, right? In, in your area, right? So one other thing you can do is start looking around for, and maybe you already have someone you know who is in a similar place that you are, right? Because this is a place where you can immediately start playing with other people, but you're not necessarily playing in a public setting, right? So you can fail together. You can yeah. mess up together. You can, you know, get lost and say, oh, oh man, can we start back at that spot again? Yeah. Or, hey, you know, I'm really trying to work on... Um, you know, my two five ones, you want to just practice like looping two five ones for a little bit. Um, I'm really trying to work on this particular groove. You mind if we just work on this? Like that, that's immediately you're starting to play with other people. And we're not even talking about the situation we're playing in. Right. And if you're able to do that, that's one way to start getting more comfortable yeah. to getting to the place where you're yeah, going that's, out. And I, I was talking about that uh, before that, that's, I mean, for me, that would be after you're playing with records, that would be like the best Yeah, the best spot to start is just like setting sessions or whatever in in like your house or your private practice room or whatever studio, and call friends and and maybe you can get 
um, you can get maybe a couple of friends and maybe get a more experienced musician and maybe pay a lesson between the three of you and you get to yeah. play with a more experienced musician and uh, and uh, but you guys go with the mindset that okay it's gonna be a learning experience we can we can mess it up we can repeat things we can practice uh, getting this uh, groove together whatever and uh, that's gonna as, as you said it's gonna start like building your confidence so then you're like okay I feel ready to actually play with people you know yeah what Diego just said about group lessons that's something that doesn't get talked about a whole a whole lot but it's not a strange thing i mean it's and it's a great idea I yeah it, it's something that uh, i think a lot of uh, professional teachers at least ones that are more uh, well I, even ones that work for uh, for companies and stuff but a lot of the the self-employed music educators out there are really okay uh with teaching small groups it's and fun. it's really helpful yeah and it can be really fun another idea too is that uh let's if it, and this obviously is just, maybe a very specific demographic, but any of y'all out there that are parents that have children that are learning an instrument, it can be really fun and helpful uh, to actually try and play music with your kids. Um, you know, obviously, it's it's not... I mean, I think it would be a fun and special thing to play music with your kid. But I think it also could be helpful if you're both... Uh, uh, kind of approaching it at a similar level of interest, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, to, to, to that point, uh, just the other week on the podcast, we had uh, one of my course students um, who I got to meet him in Jackson, Wyoming, uh, back in December, Bob, and uh, him and his daughter uh, both like to play together. They're both bass players, and so th that's one way that they can practice. And they, it's also kind of a fun way to bond there too. Right. Exactly. So you know, there, there's all sorts of different situations where you can find other people who are like-minded to you that it's okay to mess up with, that it's okay to not know everything, and maybe you're just working on one song together. Um, so kind of like just to back up a little bit to kind of like give us a little bit of a bird's eye view, kind of what we've talked a little bit before moving forward. You know, there, there are some basics that we need to get down on our instruments. Like we, the example of the piano player that's having issues with the left hand and the right hand, right? The example of the drummer who needs to learn how to play some basic grooves. The example of the bass player that needs to learn how to walk some bass lines, right? Um, then there's also just tunes, repertoire we need to know. We need to know some jazz standards, right? So maybe a good place to go is to go to the jam session and check that all out. And then from there, how do we start getting comfortable? Well, we listen to records, we play along with records, and then hopefully we're finding some other people along the way that we can practice with and jam together so that we're already starting to create that really important bond for mm -hmm. jazz education, playing with other people. Kind of where I want to go next here, I, I was, I'm glad we talked about that, but I, where, where I was trying to go before um, that I think is a good stepping point from what we just talked about is what, where, when is, when should people feel like their skill level is, is there? Cause we talked also really at the beginning, we sort of jumped ahead and we were saying, well, you know, you shouldn't feel intimidated by playing with people that are better than you, but you know, maybe people hear like, well, you should be able to improvise over the changes, but they don't know what that means. Like how well do you have to be able to improvise over the changes? Like, is there a certain level or a certain scope that before you should just dive in and get your feet dirty and get going? Wow. That's, I think that's very subjective depending on, on the scene and depending on where you are playing. Though. I mean, uh, I've been in. Whoa. Whoa. I've, I've been in 
in different cities, uh, not only in, in, in USA, but like, you know, in South America, Central America, and Europe. And you see the level goes like varies so much yeah. in, in from one city to another. So, I mean, maybe uh, uh, one guy that I will feel comfortable playing down in Lima, Peru, come to New York City and would not feel comfortable at all. Right. Uh, you know, so it depends on, on your local scene. I mean, but as I said before, I think it's kind of like sort of the same. You have to have like certain things covered. You have to be able to get through a song to actually to make, make sure that you know not only, and probably here we go, like one step uh, up, like you have to make sure that you have a little bit more than your, your basic things. Um, right. Cause, um, but, it, uh, but I think it's very subjective, uh, subjective uh, depending on the scene you're playing. I, I agree. Yeah. I think uh, that's a, actually, it's a pretty tough question. Questions. Yeah. Well, I think there's some truth in that. Like, for example, um, I think about when I first moved to New York, um, I showed up at a jam session and the player, the people that were in the house band was Obed Calvert, um, Gerald Clayton, you know, all these sorts of people. And mm -hmm. I, w I absolutely felt not, and I, I, at that point I was a pretty competent musician, right? But I did not feel comfortable mm -hmm. going up into the jam yeah, session at, the, at that moment. I did not. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you could do have to kind of use a little bit of your own judgment. Um, but I'd kind of like to assume for a second that, this is more of an a, an average, you know, we're not talking about the New York jazz scene. We're not talking about maybe some of these hotter jazz scenes, but it's kind of more of a an average acceptable, uh, a, you know, jam session that you might come across in, in your town or even your own, your small city. And, you know, let, we're already assuming that the musicians have the basics down. I guess the question I'm really trying to ask here is... When should should you wait to get started? Should you wait to get out and go play at a jam session? Well, you definitely shouldn't wait to go to a jam session mm -hmm. if you're able to. Um, mm -hmm. I still am inclined to, to sort of pass on the question and say, use your discretion. If you go regularly, you you should have some so, awareness yeah, some of, of, of like, your own when, when ability, you're ready, when you're you know? Ready, yeah. Uh, like in reference to everybody else. And, you know, at, at some point, if you're just going up week after week after week and you're thinking, I don't know, maybe this is my week. And then, you know, you choose not to, and that's happening over and over again, then maybe it's time for you to just try it, Jump you know, it. just give it a shot, see how it goes. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, if it is a, a jam session sort of scenario. If it is a a, a place where you're uh, you're being invited to play, uh, you're not selling tickets. You know, people aren't coming up to see you. Then, you know, honestly, if the song crashes and burns, the world will go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, I think I think kind of one of the reasons that you guys are having a little bit of issue answering the question is because it's the same when, when I hear from, from listeners, subscribers, uh, um, students of mine that come up to me with this question, they're feeling the same thing. They're feeling this sense of, well, I don't know if I should or not. 
And I think what it comes down to is there has to be some level of self-assessment, right? You first have to look at your surrounding. Well, what is the situation? You know, do, do I feel comfortable um, being able to play a song with these people? Do I feel like I have, um, am I aware of my own playing? Do I understand what I'm able to do? But I think for me, when I'm trying to answer this question, um, I always come down to don't get so stuck in your head that you don't just finally go up and play at the jam session. You know, use your own discretion, know your situation that you're getting into, um, you know, be sure that you can, you can hang with the people. And that means when I say hang, I don't mean that you're the best player up there, that you're, that you're even, um, anywhere at the top of the pack. I mean, I, I, but through. you have to be that, able to get through. that you can get through that you can get through the material yes, and that you um, can play, you know, well, and you also might need to just like take a little bit of time to sort of be honest and reflect on yourself, because if you feel like you've been in the same place for a long time, it's probably something uh, that you're kind of stuck in, uh, not something that somebody else is imposing on you. You know what I mean? Like, mm. If you feel like I'm not getting any better, it might not be you peaked. It might not be, you know, I'm incapable of understanding this. It's above me. It might just be, you know, well, maybe you're not really putting in enough time. Maybe this isn't really the the goal is to to try and be professional. So you really need to be honest with yourself. What is your goal? Is your goal to go to a jam session and have fun? Then that's pretty open-ended. It doesn't mean you have to go and blow anybody away. But if your goal is to go to a jam session and your goal is continued improvement and your goal is to eventually feel like you can go up and play with, you know, professionals and have a lot of fun and understanding of your instrument and the music and and the community, then like you're going to have to have higher expectations. And also uh, you have to have the attitude of like you're learning too, right? Because obviously you want to have that like basic things cover, but at some point you have to get your ass kicked, you Mm -hmm. know? And, uh, and that's great. And you you really need to learn how to deal with that. And because, that's not only going to happen on your first jam session, but it's going to happen in your professional life all the time. Because mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a 34 years old, and I'm still getting my ass kicked at this point. Uh, and uh, and on professional gigs that I'm, I'm getting paid. Yeah. Right? So. Um, and nobody can tell you to stop. <laughs> and uh, but so, but you have to have that attitude. I mean, you, obviously, you have to make sure that you have your basic things covered, that you can hang in there, that you can play through, that you can improvise, you can keep your form. You know the tune. I mean, all those like uh, things that are maybe uh, you know we have already uh, a, a list here, but uh, also uh, you also have to. Go, go with that, with knowing that uh, I'm probably going to get my ass kicked and that's fine. I, I have to fail in order to succeed also, right? And in order to learn. So, so I mean, it's subject, subjective, I guess. It's, it's a really hard question to answer. But uh, I think just say, yeah, just have to see the environment, who, who is the people sitting in and see how you feel about that. And just at some point, just just gotta go jump in and 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 get your ass kicked. I think you I think you did say something like important there, 
Um, you're talking as a professional musician now. Now, most people listening here, their goal is not to be a professional yeah, yeah. musician. You know, they're, they, they, they're doing this as a hobby. They love jazz, mm-hmm. but they want to get out there and play. But what you said is as a professional, even now, you still get your ass kicked. Oh, yeah. The, so, the, in other words, you're, you're never... Yeah. yeah and I, it's a myth that, like, the, even the best musicians yeah, in the world make good. mistakes. That's that a total myth. Yeah. <laughs> or you walk into a situation that you're like, well, this, I mean, this was a more difficult musical situation than I expected, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's going to... And so, if you, if you think that there's going to be some... Arri- I think the, the main thing that I want to impress upon the listeners is... If you think there's going to be some sort of arrival point where you feel like you finally arrived and now you have some sort of rite of passage that you've, you know, you somehow leveled up to level five and now you can go play at a jam session, that's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you do have to go out there and you do have to, um, after you do all your self-assessment, after you have done your due diligence, you finally just have to get up there and and do it. Um, I think if I can cut in there, I think there is something maybe like as a, as a, as a kid, maybe that uh, started to influence me and, and, and still affects me as a professional musician, where uh, at some point in my learning career, if that's the right word, um, like education, uh, I could get to the point where mistakes stopped being uh, like scary or, you know, disappointing or demoralizing. That's the word. They stopped being just demoralizing that they happened. Uh, and they started to be more, what happens after I make the mistake? Did I recover from that mistake? Well, did I make that mistake, uh, worse than it needed to be? You know, if, if, if you're able to make, cause everyone will make mistakes. And if you're able to make a mistake and then quickly get past it, you know, mentally, if you're able to, to, realize you made a mistake and then get back on track really quickly, then, you know, your audience might not even know that you made a mistake. Your bandmates might not even know that you made a mistake. And so at that point, making the mistake becomes something you'll always be mindful of if you're at any level trying to get better. But at some point, I think it's it's uh, healthy to realize that your mistakes do not define you. And that you can start taking pride, not in that you made a mistake, uh, but that will hopefully stop, you, you know, bringing you, you down. You but be proud that, yeah, you, you can be proud in the fact that once you make a mistake, which is we're going to say at some point in your life, probably often inevitable, uh, you can be take some pride and in the fact that, you know, okay, I handled that well. You know, I mean, athletes do the same thing, right? It's like they miss a free throw. If a basketball player gets a foul and he misses the free throw, you know, what does he do on the next one? Does he make the next one? Does he not? I mean, that's so mental, right? So it's the same. And then that, that's the difference between a professional and somebody that is not. Uh, because everybody, everybody, as you say, everybody makes mistakes. The, the difference between a professional and an amateur is that the professional recovers quickly. Yeah. And, and that's the only difference. But like both makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also about, sorry, really quickly, music is 100% a physical thing. So if, if if you you have to practice it often, yeah. I mean it's 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 muscle memory. That's not a joke. It is the same way that if you were playing a sport or you're doing some kind of physical activity, your your brain cannot develop these skills unless you are doing it constantly. Yeah, constantly yeah. 
Yeah. I want to just like say one more thing along the lines of this barrier to entry question and, and then we'll kind of close off here. But, um, you know, this also means that, you know, outside of mistakes, you don't have to play the sickest lines. You know, maybe you're working on, um, I'm, I'm talking more from a, a, a melodic player's view, but maybe you're working on trying to play the chord changes better. Um, but it's not perfect yet. Right. I mean, that's a lifelong pursuit if, to try to play better solos, to try to outline chord changes better. Um, Diego, I'm sure you could like unload of, of a ton of things that are, you know, the same for the same concept for a drummer. Yeah. You don't have to play the most, you know, hip stuff. You don't have to, yeah. you know, have all that together. Like you, you can, you, you can grow and you can just yeah. get out there and start doing it. That's, that's the best way to learn. So, you know, you know, you have to be afraid of making mistakes. You have to be afraid about sounding the hippest or like where you think you want to be eventually. Um, you just have to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, just make sure that you have basic things covered. And then as we said before, just like, Go out if you have the chance to, if you have the, the, the scene to uh, go out, check out the musicians around you, check out the jam sessions. You don't have to go and play right away. You can go for a month and just like check out, you know, the drummers that are sitting in or the, the whatever, the musicians that are, are sitting in and, you know, um, you know, and at, at little by little, you're going to start. Uh, also, it's important to to hang with, with, with that people, the, the local musicians, because also, um, uh, uh, making relationship with them, making, making, uh, that's going to help you to feel more comfortable, uh, uh, also, uh, yeah. to play with them. So, so it's important to just go out, hang, know, know your local scene, know the musicians that are playing around you. And at some point, that's also going to help you to make a decision to just jump in and play. Awesome. Well, you guys rock. Thank you so much for sharing with everybody your knowledge about this. I really appreciate you guys. We're definitely going to be having you guys back on the show again. Uh, so uh, look forward to the next time, guys. Yeah, me too. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate the guys for coming out to the studio and hanging out and uh, helping you guys with uh, answering this question. Hope everybody found that helpful. Make sure you do check out Diego Maldonado at diegothedrummer.com and make sure you check out Wallace at wallacestelzer.com. You can find Wallace at the First Jazz Avenger on Instagram and you can find Diego at Diego the Drummer on Instagram. All right. As I always ask, make sure that you uh, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Just tell other people why you like the show. Really helps us out. So thank you so much for taking a little bit of time of your day uh, just to go ahead and do that. Uh, we're going to be coming out with another great episode next week. Some more special guests. It's going to be awesome. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, and see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.